Good morning, everyone. Big topic for today, and this will probably go in for another shear or two, but the topic will be sherry cask aged whiskey. It's good we have Mr. Garandasi here, who's a big alcohol distributor, and he, he can tell us a lot about the distribution side of all this. But very popular now are whiskeys that are aged in sherry casks. Sherry is a kind of non Yayan Stam Yenam is a kind of wine that's fortified. They usually add a little bit of brandy to spike up the alcohol content. So it's like extra thick, dark, dark wine. And they basically, all wine is aged in barrels. So they age the wine in barrels, but then they use those barrels for the whiskey and they'll age whiskey, which is otherwise completely kosher. It's just the ingredients in whiskey, just barley, water, and not much else. Maybe some yeast that they add to start the fermentation. But whiskey is normally a kosher liquid, kosher drink. However, they will often age them in the sherry casks, which, which are casks that were used for wine, in order to impart some kind of flavor in the, in the scotch. In the beginning, it wasn't, it wasn't the, the reason. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's get into the history of how sherry became a thing. Right, so in the beginning, that's all they had. Scotch manufacturers, they would use any kind of barrels, used barrels to age their whiskey. They didn't want to use new barrels because new barrels have like a sharp wood tannin flavor. So it would make the whiskey taste very sharp. And the type of wood that you use in the barrel is going to impart a different kind of flavor onto each whiskey. So they wouldn't want to use new barrels, sharp tannins. So they would try to get barrels that have been already aged with something else and to use those. And it used to be that sherry barrels were the cheapest to use. Why? Because the sherry was, they were made in Spain. They can only be made in a certain place in Spain, but they would ship those barrels off to get bottled in England because their main market was in England and there was some kind of tax. I'm not sure exactly the history behind it. Uh, but they would get their sherry bottled in England, so they would ship the barrels to England, and it wouldn't be worth it to ship them back to Spain to reuse to age the next uh, batch of sherry wines. So they, the barrels would just stay in, in England, and because Scotland is right next to England, it was very cheap to use these barrels, which they weren't really doing anything with anyways. So the Scotch manufacturers would use the sherry casks that were left in England to age their whiskey. However, they stopped bottling the, the wine in England, and instead they started just bottling it in Spain. So therefore, they wouldn't have all these used barrels left over in England anymore. And now the Scotch manufacturers didn't have access to get these cheap sherry casks from England. What did they do? They started in the 1970s when they started bottling back in Spain. They started using bourbon casks instead because bourbon casks you're not able to reuse. Once you age uh, your bourbon, it has to be a new American oak barrel. So once you age it in that, that oak barrel, you can't use it again. So it's pretty much useless to the bourbon manufacturers once, once it's already been used. So it's, so it's very cheap. There's pretty much nothing with them to do with it. So they would ship them off to Scotland and the Scotch manufacturers would use the bourbon casks instead. However, they started noticing that the, the flavor changed a lot from using bourbon casks as opposed to sherry casks. So nowadays, you'll find some use sherry casks, that's the most expensive one to use, so the more high-end that are going for a more exotic kind of flavor will age in sherry casks. 
because it's more expensive to use. And some will use bourbon casks. You'll sometimes see rum casks aged as well. But those are generally the categories you're going to find of aged scotch. And the big question that we're going to be discussing today is, is there a problem, the fact that they are aging the kosher scotch in sherry casks? Sherry casks is stamienum. And do we say that the stamienum gets into the whiskey and makes it non-kosher? Can you buy it for a kiddish? Can you buy it for yourself? Uh, is it going to be a problem, kosher-wise or not? So before we get into the whole Shaila, I just want to clarify the difference between Yayin Nesach and Stam Yenam. We're going to get a, into a lot of different kosher concepts. So it's not, we're not just discussing sherry casks here, uh, but it's pretty much we're going to be going through a lot of different terminology throughout um, Isra Vaheter, Kashras. Um, and we'll be getting a pretty good flavor, no pun intended, of a lot of different areas in, in, in Kashras and Isra Hetzer. So to begin with, just to clarify the difference between Yayin Nesach and Stam Yenam. Yayin Nesach spe- refers specifically to wine that was poured, actually poured for Avodah Zarah. Not one that you're Choshesh, you think it might have been poured. Wine that has actually been poured for Avodah Zarah, that is Asr to use, Asr Bahana. Completely usher, right? Just yeah, like a nashera tree or yeah, yeah. Completely usher bahana. That's as far as yayinessa goes. Stam yenam is wine that was handled by a non-Jew, or it might have been used for yayinessa. You're not sure the, the status of it. It may have been poured for for avodah zara. What? Yeah. So uh, yeah. So it's so midaraisa. You don't have to be choshesh. Unless you have a specific reason to be choshesh, you don't have to. It's a midrabanan that they imposed that that we have that were choshesh, and we'll see. It's a very different kind of dirabanan over here, because Chazal's decree on stam yenam was not because we're choshesh for avodah zarah. That's not why they imposed the decree. The Gemara in avodah zarah lamed vav amid beis. It's in the footnote, footnote number one. It says alapita nushmanam vishum yenam. The Al-Yenam, why were they Gozer? Why were Chazal Gozer on Yenam? Mishum Benoseyem, because they were afraid of intermarriage, right? After the destruction of the first base of Mikdash, all of the Jews went into Galas Bavel, 70 years. And throughout those 70 years, there was an incredible amount of intermarriage. And Chazal saw that, right, in this short, very short Galas, we, we intermarried and assimilated to a very high degree. So when we came back for the second second Beis HaMikdash, and then throughout the time of the second Beis HaMikdash, when th- things were getting shaky, Chazal understood that we have to impose certain, certain takanais, certain gezeros, in order to prevent intermarriage and in order to prevent assimilation uh, for this upcoming gullus, because it's going to be a long, tough gullus. Uh, we have to make sure that we have some kind of imposed restrictions in order to prevent it. So that's why they were afraid of binosehem, right? The, the assimilation, the intermarriage, which to this day is a, is a major issue, right? I think it's about 70, 80% in America, the assimilation rate and intermarriage rate. So uh, one of the decrees that Chazal made was on their yayan. So the main reason why Chazal were gozer on stamienam was because of binosehem. Now, once they were gozer on the binosehem, they added on, says Tosvos, an, an additional element that Stam Yenam is even Asr Bahana, right? So the other things that are in the category of Binosehem, like, like Bishul Akum 
and and Cholavakum. Well, that's a little bit different. But yeah, Bishal Akum. What's that? Pasakum. Right? Very good. So those are also in the category of Mishum Benosam, but those aren't Asr Bahana, right? You're allowed to get Hana from Pasakum or from Bishalakum. So why by, by Stam Yenam are you not even allowed to get Hana? The reason is because Chazal added on that once we're already being Gozer because of Benosam, so now we'll add on that it's Asr Bahana as well because we're afraid that they might have poured off a little wine. And that's because back in the day, it used to be common for Hindus or pagans to pour off a little bit of a little bit of wine before they would drink it for their idols. So Chazal, once they were being gozer mishum benosayim, they added on an additional takana that it would also be aser in order to be choshesh that maybe it was used a little bit was poured off even shalobifneim even when you weren't looking right in the other room before he brought the wine to the table. Or while he was making the wine, maybe he poured off a little bit to the Avodah which would give this bottle of wine or this barrel of wine the category of wine used for, idolatry, but for idolatrous purposes. And because then it would be a proper Yayin and it would be Aser Bahana, Chazal imposed that all Stam Yenam is Aser Bahana. However, the Ramah says that what about nowadays where this is not a common practice as all, at all? The Ramah says that nowadays... And you can see this in footnote number three. Sorry, I added it on, but it did not get saved. I put down the source next week. Hopefully, we'll have the full source in there. I added... Oh, I do? Oh, nice. Okay, nice. Okay, we got in the notes. But the footnote with the Hebrew source. Okay. It's supposed to be in in source note number three. I added it this morning, but it fell off. But he writes that it's because it's no longer common for Gaim to pour off wine for Avodah Zarah, right? Don't find it very often. There's this concept of Gaim pouring off for Avodah Zarah. So the Ramah brings, he brings Rishonim that hold that the Isser now falls off. However, he says, he ends off that it's Tov Lahachmer, right? So the Shulchan Aruch's Machmer, Stan Yainam, is even Aser Bahana. Ramah says, nowadays, it's different because the, the Gayim in, in Ashkenaz, where he lived, was not a common thing. So therefore, Stan Yainam will be Mutter Bahana, right? And this is why Mr. Gerandasi, for instance, would be allowed to, to sell uh, even non-kosher wine and handle it, right? He's getting enough from the wine by selling it and importing it and distributing it. He's gaining from, from the wine. But it's going to be mutter based on this Ramah. The Ramah ends off though, Tov Lahachmer. It's a good thing to be Machmer. Okay, but if you're doing it for Parnasa purposes, Lav Dafka, you have to follow the Tov Lahachmer of the Ramah. But to Lichatrila, go buy, handle wine, or give it to somebody. Um, tov Lahachmer. But you, you can if you've already bought it from them or Parnasa or something like that. So a few weeks ago, a guest came, gave me a bottle of Stam Yenam, non-kosher wine, for, for a Friday night, for a Friday night gift. Always an awkward thing because they usually expect you to open the bottle and share it with the other guests at the table. So we're like, well, thank you so much. We put it off to the side and, and swap it. And now the question is, when the cleaner comes, can you give her the bottle of wine as an extra little token or gift? Or do you have to feel the guilt of pouring a $20 bottle of wine down the drain, uh, <laughs> throwing it out? So that will come into this shaila over here of the, right, that really allows you to get ana. He says, Tov lahachmer. What about in this situation? It was already given to you. Uh, Lamaisa, we ended up just throwing out the bottle. But uh, if I would have asked the shaila, it's, it could be, especially if you're gaining something, like if you're gaining by 
we were having like a one-off uh, cleaning lady, but if it was somebody that comes regularly and you'd be gaining by showing her a token of appreciation, so then it could be that you would, that you would, that there would be more reason why you'd be allowed because you're gaining from, from giving her the bottle by showing her a token of appreciation. So that, that might already be mutter. Okay, so Lamaisa, what we're coming out with is that wine nowadays that's handled by a non-Jew. It's made in a non-Jewish winery. So it's Aser Midrabanan because of Benoseyem, because it will lead to intermarriage. That's the main reason why the Takana was imposed. But it's only forbidden to actually consume, to actually drink. However, you are allowed to benefit from it. You can buy it, sell it, give it away as a gift. But you have this Tov Lahachmer of the Ramah that's added into, added into the mix over here. So the, yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Anybody here, Swarni? Okay, I don't want to speak for the Swarni, but yeah. Uh, yeah. It's funny because the Svartim lived in Muslim countries yeah. where, if we, where it was even less, less common. Likely. Yeah, less likely that they would pour, pour it off. So, but yeah. No, it sounds like they had at all. Why? They didn't even do alcohol there. Oh, really? Oh, oh. Yeah, right. The, str the strict Muslims, um, yeah. That's a good point, Ali. Is there any discussion by other drinks that could be have used for a resort, like let's say tea or water? Like if you go to like Asian places and they give you. So you go to someone, I don't know, you go to someone's, an Asian place and they give you some water. Yeah. Tea, so then maybe, could be a problem? If, if they would pour it off before for a Vodazar? No, there's no chashash, yeah. but like wine was something that was specifically yeah. common. So yeah, other drinks you don't have to be choshish for. There's no takana that we, that's brought down. But, yeah. Now my son was um, safari. Yeah. So he, he adds a little bit of water with his wine on a Friday night. I know it's different to what you're saying, but mm. I wonder what that is. Ah, that's a good so question. You know what that is? Yeah, up, up. there's a big Kabbalah, isn't it? To, to dilute the wine. And there's a Gemara that's, that talks about diluting the wine. But it was more for flavor. It says on, on Pesach, a person should dilute the wine. Yeah, yeah. But, but that was specifically because that's how it tastes. They had very strong, strong wine back then, so they would always dilute it. So that's how you get the, uh, the most flavorful wine. But I guess I mean, we'll ask this question about <laughs> or other drinks, but if you know this particular drink had been called it Zora, that drink could be a problem. Yeah, yeah. I had a Shaila because when I was in India with the with the Orsum trip, I ordered an espresso from from a shop from one of the cafes there, very Israeli area in Dharamsala. And then before I'm while I'm ordering the, the the espresso, I see a guy like lighting incense and doing like some kind of prayer to this little Buddha. In, in like a nook in his shop. So now I was like, oh, I don't even know if I can, if I can drink. Is this a place of over the Vodazara? Is it a... Yeah, it's yeah. yeah India is good. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, maybe he's using some of it. Yeah. He's not, yeah, not being mucked with his, his coffee to the Verizona. No. He's just davening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He wants a coffee to come out good. What? He's <laughs> not giving an offering. No. But they give offerings, I'm saying. If you see, if you yeah. see, he takes a coffee and puts it in front of the Buddha or something else. Right, right. But was it because there's also stamp mayonnaise? No, just stamp mayonnaise. 
So only stamienim, and the real reason is mishum minoseyim, but they added on that it's aser now because of this extra chashash. Yes, and not. Yeah. So for some reason, Hazal were only goes on wine because wine is more of a social drink than than whiskey and and than beer, right? So they weren't goes on beer. They weren't goes on whiskey. And that's why we can drink, we can buy beer, whiskey, anywhere that it's made. Right. Because you don't invite people to drink Mabushal because it's no same with poor quality. Yeah. So, yeah, same thing. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does lessen the quality once you're once you're mavasha because it stops the fermentation, so it'll no longer ferment in the bottle, and be much better in the bottle. meant it became syrupy. Yeah. And it lost its whole. Yeah. Smell of wine. And you'd probably kill a lot of the Today, some of the alcohol. Is, is fresh pasteurization. Yeah. Nine out of ten people wouldn't even know it's mavusha. Yeah. So there are, there are Rabbanim in Eretz Yisrael that don't hold the official. Many of the wine bottles will so, show like pasteurization up to, and they'll, show, yeah, and they'll show the temperature also because there's different temperatures of what it has to reach. Yeah. To be handled by the higher hashkachas won't, won't allow. Huh? Just flash pasteurized. Because pasteurization isn't... Is Mavushal, but it doesn't affect the quality. Right. The whole idea of Mavushal is that it affects the quality of the wine, and because it doesn't affect it. It does to some extent, but they, so they hold it's still a flash of a wine. Maybe he'll take it. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> You'll see all the expensive bottles are, are non-Mavushal, like the you know, $40 plus are all non-Mavushal. Okay, so the big question for today, overarching question that we're all here to discuss is that we know that this is stanyenim, right? The sherry that is in these barrels, that's absorbed in the walls of the barrels, is stanyenim. That's going to be coming out in your whiskey. Definitely stanyenim. The big question for today is going to be, is there bittel or is there not bittel, right? Do we say that the, the wine is nullified once you put the whiskey in? Or do we say that the wine is not nullified when you, when you put the whiskey on? And that is the major question. Is our whiskey, our sherry-aged whiskey kosher, right? Macallan is the, probably the most famous whiskey brand that sherry ages their, their whiskeys. Very expensive. They charge a premium for it. But do we say that the sherry that's in there is bottle or is it not bottle? And basically, this is going to be the outline of what we'll be discussing throughout this, this whole session. We'll be, first, we have to look at, is the wine pogum in the whiskey? There is a far to say, based on Gemara, Shulchan Arach, that wine in whiskey is pogum. It adds a negative flavor. And we'll see that once you add a negative flavor, so then you don't say what's called tam ke'ikr, that the, that the small, minute amount of flavor becomes the ikr and that it's considered non-kosher. So, Not if you do it on purpose. What? Not if you want that flavor. Uh, okay, so, so that's the, the counter swara. Uh, so some will say, no, but okay, so we have a Gemara that says that, a Gemara Shochanarach that says that, the, that wine and whiskey is, is pogum, but we know for sure that the Scotch manufacturers specifically want that flavor, and that's why they're paying a premium. They're going out of their way 
And you have the Sami, what's it called, Samiyas? Samiyas. Samiyas. Who, who's the Scotch, I don't know if that's, it's more of a wine thing. Yeah. But yeah, you could apply it to Scotch. Sure, we'll do it. We'll take that liberty. So the Scotch Samiyas that say that, no, it adds, adds a positive flavor. You'll get some more ripe fruit in the flavor, a little more vanilla, sweeter, more caramelized flavor. So you'll have the, the professionals that are saying, yes, it does affect the flavor, obviously in a positive way. And that's why they're paying so much money for it and why customers are also paying a premium for sherry aged whiskeys. So we'll see that whole battle. Rav Usher Weiss and Rav Shlomo Miller, they were mater sherry aged whiskeys based on this idea of that the wine is clearly pogum in the whiskey. We have a Shulchan Arach that says wine and whiskey, or wine, at least in Shar Mashkim, is gonna, in all other drinks besides wine itself, is considered a pogum flavor. And it's bottle even if it's more than one-sixth, right? As long as it won't be like rove, it'll be bottle because it adds a negative flavor and it doesn't enhance the flavor of the other drinks. So we'll take a look at that whole argument. Then we'll get into another argument, which is, is the wine bottle in the whiskey, right? So that's all saying that wine, that wine is pogum in the whiskey, right? It's a negative flavor adding in the whiskey. Now the second line of argument is gonna be, okay, even if the wine is not adding a negative flavor, it actually enhances the whiskey, can we say that it's bottle, right? Even if something enhances the mixture, Maybe it'll be bottle if it's less than the less than one sixtieth, or we'll see by wine. There's another svar to say that it's actually one sixth and not one sixtieth. But if it's there for the flavor, then it's never bottle. Uh, so, so then, yeah, if even if it adds a positive flavor, if it's specifically added for the flavor, then we'll see. There might be a svar to say that it's a dover she'enamis bottlin. It's considered a maimed. It's a avidi letaima. It's made for flavor. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, These guys who, who put it on the label sherry cast, they're saying... That it's a vidi letaima, right. Yeah. So we'll have to get into that argument as well. That's... Help you the bittle. Yeah. Yeah. So first let's discuss if there's bittle, right? It, would it be one sixtieth or will it even be one sixth? And then even if it is one sixth, do we have enough ba barrel to, to liquid ratio to say that there's one sixth of the amount of whiskey? versus the, the thickness of the cask. We'll see, we'll see, we'll get into it. So this is just overview. We're seeing what we're getting into over here and all the different points that we have to discuss in order to finally determine if we can drink our sherry cask aged wine. And our sponsor will be Mr. Garandazi, <laughs> only if it's mutter, we'll see. And then, so on top of that, we have to see also it does kavush, right? Because the way that the sherry is getting into the barrel is through the process of kavush which is soaking, right? It's soaking in the, in the cask for more than 24 hours. And halakhically, we say once it soaks into a kli for 24 hours, it's the same as bishel, right? It's just like bishel. But we'll see that by wine specifically, there's a machlokas if kavush absorbs only a kadei klipa, right? It's also a machlokas in regards to our kalem, when kavush, when it soaks for 24 hours, does it only go in a klipa or does it go the full thickness of the kli? Uh, so that'll also the f affect the halacha over here if we say that there's bittel. Uh, do we say that the sherry in these casks only absorbs a small amount of klipa, which is just a, a nail uh, thickness? Or do we say, no, 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 it, uh, it, uh, it absorbs the complete thickness of the barrel, in which case we might not have one-sixth, we might not have one-sixtieth, and it'll be a lot more difficult to say that there's bittel, that the whiskey is mevatel, the small amount of wine. And then once we determine if there's bittel or if there's not bittel, 
then we'll have to deal with three other issues that might say that, okay, even if there is bitol, chazal or gozer in circumstance, certain circumstances, that you're not allowed to be, that, that bitol does not take place. One of those cases is like Mr. Garandasi was pointing out, if something's a vidi letaima, if it's made to give flavor, and it's, it gives a very strong flavor, and it's put there specifically to give flavor, so then chazal or gozer, that because it has a certain chashivus, even though I'll pee din, 160th is enough to be mevatalit, right? Once, if it's only 160th, we say it doesn't give tam ke'ikr, it doesn't give enough flavor to, to make the, the mixture aser. But maybe it's going to be a devarim she'ena misvatam. It's going to be one of the things that cannot be batal because, because it has a chashivas to it. They're adding it specifically to give flavor. Does it fall into the category of avidi letaima? Is there also a problem of darkon bekach? We'll see a shulchan arach that says that if the goyim specifically, they normally add whiskey in to give flavor, so then that also becomes something that you're not allowed to... Yeah, add, add wine to give flavor. So then it becomes the derech to add these, and it's also maybe, it won't be mutter to, to drink based on that. And then there's a third issue of bitol iser lechatchila, which is chazal or gozer, that you're, you're not allowed to go and be mevatal something lechatchila, right? So to go ahead and take the liberty to be mevatal something on purpose, right? To add a little bit of volume or whatever reason you want to be mevatal it. Chazal didn't want people going and being mevatal, right? Adding less than one sixtieth of, of pork into your food or milk into your chicken soup, right? Chazal don't want you going and being mevatal isurim lechatchila and less than one sixtieth. So is that a problem over here that when you're buying these sherry whiskeys, you're really supporting the, the non-Jews and they're being mevatal lechatchila? So is it an issue that the whiskey dis- distilleries and the manufacturers they're being mevatolat lechatchila, does that make it a problem for you to buy and lechatchila uh, go and support them? Okay, so that's basically the, the full overview of what we're going to need to discuss in order to get to the bottom halacha. We'll begin with the, the first issue over here. We'll do about another 10 minutes today and then we'll, we'll continue next week. The first issue over here is does wine impart a pagan flavor in the scotch? So we mentioned that if you have something usser, but it adds a negative flavor, it doesn't enhance the flavor, so then it's not going to be usser in your mixture. Why not? It's a machlokes between the ran and the rajva. The ran holds that the reason why it becomes batel is because, uh, I'll start with the rajva because I remember that one offhand and hopefully that'll remind me of the ran. But the rajva says it's because tam ke'ikr, that you only say, that, that, that the usser thing becomes like the, right? Normally, you're only allowed to eat something usser, right? But even if you add a small amount, right? More than 1 60th of something usser, it makes the entire mixture usser. Why? Because of this concept of tam ke'ikr, that this now becomes the main flavor because it, gives fla- because it gives flavor in the mixture. We now say that this is something, an usser type of food because you can taste it clearly. It's like the whole mixture becomes usser. However, if something gives a negative flavor, so we're not going to say that becomes like the ikr. You don't even want that flavor there, right? So that's the svar of the rajba, why tamke ikr is mutter, because you don't even want that flavor. And the ran is not coming to me right now. Why we don't say tamke ikr. By pogum, you're talking about? Yeah, by pogum. So the rajba svar is you can't say tamke ikr by something negative. Oh, and the ran's flavor is that because you don't want it there. Okay. 
leave it aside. I'll, uh, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> so there's another Svara Y also to say to, that Tom, Pugler, Tom Pugum is Mutter. So here we have in source number one, the Shulchan Arach in Yeridea, Simen Kuf Yud Dalad, says the Shulchan Arach in Seif Dalad, Kol Elu Amashkim Vechina Chometz Shal Shechar, all these different kinds of drinks and vinegar of, 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 of beer. You're not allowed to buy them from non-Jews. If it's an expensive price, if they're more expensive than wine. Because we're worried in all these kind of different drinks, right? These, these whiskeys or these, wine, or these beers that you buy from them. If wine is cheaper than these kind of substances, we're nervous that they're going to add wine and dilute it with a little bit of wine because they're going to be gaining by adding wine to these drinks. So first of all, we see that mixing wine in whiskey is already an age-old thing, right? The Shulchan Aruch already talks about these kind of issues, where the Gayim would want to mix wine into your whiskey, into your beer, and they would do that because they, they gain a little bit of volume, and the wine would be cheaper than the whiskey or the beer that they're selling you. And then in Sif Vav, we find also Tzarech Lizar V'Livdok V'Lachor V'Sheichar V'Mashke. You have to check and investigate into, into the whiskeys that you're buying, into the beers that you're buying. V'Mashke Shal Devash, they would have some kind of wine, some kind of honey wine that they would buy back then. Honey wine is kosher because it's not made from grapes, right? So you're allowed to buy that from a non-Jew. But you have to check into it to make sure You have to make sure that they don't add in any wine sediment, that they don't add any grape product into these, into these wines and whiskeys that they make. Grapes are very different products. We're only talking about wine now, but if it's just a sort of grape juice, then it's totally fine. No, it'd be the same issue. You just said the, the honey wine, the, the honey thing, that's oh, okay. Oh, okay, yeah. It's a great, like a grape juice. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. It's not. It's not from grape, right? So they were Chazal were only goes there on grape product. So only grape juice or fermented grape juice or something like that. Those are all going to be an issue. But something like like honey wine that would be fine because they're fermenting the honey. Exactly. Yeah. They're fermenting honey liquid and they're using that as their sugar. Yeah. So you brought that down to show the what that is. That it's already an age-old thing where they would add in wine and being being choshesh for it. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's counterfeiting. What? It's counterfeiting. Why? Well, he's telling you I'm selling you mead and there's... Right, right, exactly. So this is a separate issue, but we just see that already in the times of the Shulchan Aruch, it was an issue that they would add wine into their whiskeys, into their wines, and we see that it's something you have to be choshesh for. Now we have regulations that can, that where it's just like being Livdok Velachkor. So we don't have to worry that they're adding in without telling us. But certain times, the regulations allow for it. Like Canadian blended whiskeys, any kind of blended whiskey, they're allowed to add up to 2.5% wine into the whiskey. And that's the Shaila that we're going to see Rav Moshe Feinstein was dealing with, is you have this whiskey that has up to 2.5% wine. In the early days in America, yeah. Yeah, blended blended whiskey. It had brandy in it. Yeah. So the so yeah, that would be the Shylock. Can can you drink these whiskeys that have up to two point five percent wine? He did, but he says Balnefesh Yachmer. But he did. He would drink a little bit. He came to a simcha and they served it. Yeah. Yeah. He said he would drink it. Not not to stick out, but he wouldn't 
he says, Bal Nefesh Yachmer at the end of the day. And the reason we'll see is because he's going to be makel on the one-sixth ratio as opposed to the one-sixtieth. Because 2.5% is really, what? Is one-fortieth about, yeah. Very good. Whew. Dr. Robinson. <laughs> is it because he considers it still to be Shekhar, even though there's one inside, so he's not Machmer on the Stam Yenam Yeah, because uh, he holds it's bottle. He, said, it's he says it's bottle and one six, and then we'll see. He goes through all these different problems of avidi Lataima, and he says, and then darkem bekach and bitol eser lachatchila. So we'll have to see how to handle all those issues. But he holds the main reason is because it's bottle in one sixth, and therefore even the two point five percent, even though it breaks the one sixtieth ratio. They only did to save money. Yeah, also that could be another issue. But even he says, even if it would give good flavor and impart good flavor, still wouldn't be an issue. Uh, okay, so we have already age-old question of adding wines into whiskeys. Source number two, we see the Gemara permits the storing of brine and fish stew in wineskins. Says the Gemara, in Avodah Zara, Daf Lamed Gimel Lamed Aleph, Halokeach Kankanim, if you take these uh, wineskins, mina Ovde Kachabim, from uh, non-Jews, right? So this is what the non-Jews would use for their wine. Chadashim Nosen Letocham Yayim, if they're new, then you can store your own wine in them. And Yeshenim, if they're already used, Nosen Letochan Tzira Morayas Lechatchila, then you can't put your own wine in them. Why? Because they were, there's Kavush in these wineskins, uh, and it, had, it was used to store non-kosher wine, so you can't put your own wine in them. But you can put in them brine, Tzira is brine, Morayas is like some kind of fish stew, and you can even put it in there, Lechatchila, even Lechatchila, there's no problem. Why is there no problem? So let's take a look at... Wait, before we continue, sorry, I missed the point on page number four. What about beer? Can you store beer inside? So that already, Rav Nachman for Rav Yehuda Asri. Rav Nachman and Rav Yehuda held that it's Asr because the flavor of wine in Shechar and beer is going to be, is going to impart a good flavor, right? And therefore it'll be a problem that the wine will come out into your beer. That adds a positive flavor. It enhances the flavor. And therefore, it's going to make your beer that you're storing in, in, in the non-Jewish wineskins, it's going to make it usher. For the Rava Shari, but Rava held its mutter. Because he holds that even the flavor of wine in beer, that's also considered a negative flavor and imparts a negative flavor. It's no sintal nafgam. And therefore, yeah, you don't even need bittel, right? It's a separate reason of, of bittel. Because right? Tom Pagom, it doesn't, doesn't make it usher to, to begin with. Because you don't have Tom Ke'ikar to begin with, according to the Rajma. <laughs> so you don't need the sheer bittel. If, if we say Pagam, we don't even need sheer bittel. We don't need 160th or 16th. It would, because it gives a negative flavor, we say there's no Tom Ke'ikar, and therefore it's, it's, it's mutter altogether. Uh, you do need rov. Yeah, if it would be rov, then, then already it would be a, a separate issue. But no, as long as it's less than rov of wine. So you need rov and battle with Tom Pogum. So. Yeah. Um, but, but you wouldn't need 160th or 16th or any sheer bittel. Would not need it, right. Okay, so we have... Wouldn't the wine, the wine be also because it's min minor, which is in Batel, and the others have to be min b'shenem, you know, and that's why you need to have... Right yeah, there. so the, yeah, bittel works differently based on its min minor or min b'shenem minor. Mimbimino could actually be easier to be mevato. What? Because the, the flavor it counteracts or, what, or enhances or whatever. 
But here he's saying that the main point that he's making is that yayin in yayin is obviously going to en enhance the flavor. You can't say it's tampagom, that it adds a negative flavor. Like that's exactly the, the liquid that, you're, that you want is wine. Uh, so wine obviously can't be tampagom in wine. But he is saying that wine in, in sheikhar is a machlokes. Wine in sirah and morayas, in brine and fish stew, uh, is definitely considered pagam. Okay, so we have over here that wine in brine, fish stew, things that are sharp, are considered pagam. Wine in sheikhar and beer is a machlokes in the Gemara. And there's a story that Ravina Sharya lay le Ravchia, the Gemara finishes off. That Ravina allowed Rav Chia, Brei de Rav Yitzchak, Lemirma Be Shichra, to put Shechar, to put beer in these wineskins that belong to the non Jews, which would be the equivalent of sherry casks, right? So Ravina allowed, pretty much, Rav Chia, Brei de Rav Yitzchak, to put beer in the, the equivalent of sherry casks. He held that it wasn't a problem because the wine adds a tampagam, a negative flavor, into, into the beer. So now the question is going to be, what about whiskey, right? Does whiskey have the status of Tzir Morayas? Does it have the status of Sheikhar, of beer, in which we'd consider the, the wine to be Tampagam? So let's see the Rashi. Rashi, in source number three, he explains why, tzir, why wine adds a negative flavor in Tzir Morayas. He says, This brine and fish stew, because it's very sharp, right? Because it's a Dover Harif, it's, a, it's very sharp. So Sorfinus Ayayin, it like burns the flavor of the, of the wine. Nivla, Umachalanosa, and it makes it a negative flavor and it messes up the flavor. So we find that the reason why Tzir and Marias are, are, are considered pogum with the wine is because Tzir and Marias are something sharp. Tosvos, in the next source, source number four, Says Omeri, that the same would go even for even for water, right? Wine in water is going to be mutter, even if it's more than one sixtieth of wine or more than um, more than one sixth, and the and all other liquids as well, including our our whiskey that we're talking about. Anything apart from wine is going to be mutter according to Tosfos. Why? Because he says that, pug, that wine is pogum in any other liquid. And when the Gemara brings the case of sheikhar, of beer, it's saying huadin, all sha'ar mashkin are going to be mutter to mix with, to put in kalim that have been used for stam yenem. And the reason for that is because the, the wine flavor is considered pogum in sha'ar mashkin in all other, in all other liquids. Rav Usherweiss points out, and the source here is in footnote number five, where we find Rav Asher Weitz points out that even if we don't go like Tosvos, right, where Sha'ar Mashkin, all other drinks are mutter to, to put in kalim that have been used for Stam, for stam Yenem, um, still the, the flavor of the wine would be butt on the whiskey because whiskey, he says, has the status of Tzir Umarayas, brine and fish stew, which we, we saw Rashi. Rashi said because brine and fish stew are considered sharp. So, so too whiskey is considered a Davar Kharaf, it's something that's sharp. And therefore, even if we don't go like Tosvos, right? Even if we go like the first opinion in the Gemara that held that only Tzir Amorias are mutter to put in these wineskins, nevertheless, it would be mutter the, to put the whiskey in the, the wine barrels. And the reason because it is because the, the wine is pogem, the whiskey, as we clearly see from, which we clearly see from Tosvos, who holds that Sha'ar Mashkim wine is, 
is pogum and sha'ar mashkin and all other drinks. And Rav Asher Weiss says, even if we don't go like Tosfos, whiskey has the status of Tziro Morayas, which we saw clearly in the Gemara, that it's pogum wine. Okay, so now let's get down to the Shulchan Arach, what he says, Lamaiska. The Shulchan Arach in Yeridea, Simen, Kuf, Lamed, Zion, Seif, Dalet, says, Kelema Asura, Machmas, Yayin, Shal, Ovet, Kochavim, Mutar, Litein, Nesocham, Bein, Mayim, Bein, Sheikhar, Bein, Sha'ar, Mashkim. If you have any kind of Kelem of a non-Jew, and they use that to store wine, right, your sherry casks over here, so it's mutter to put in them. You can put in them water. You can put in them beer. You can put in them any other kind of liquid. So long as you wash it out, you rinse it out before to get rid of any actual wine that's there. Uh, any moisture that's on the surface of the kli. So we find clearly that the Shulchan Arach paskins like Tosvos, right? That Sha'ar Mashkim in wine. Wine is pogim, any other liquid besides for wine itself. Right? And if wine is pogum, any other liquid, besides for wine itself, then when we come to our sherry cask case, then we have beferish in the Shulchan Arach, that wine is pogum in whiskey, and therefore we should be allowed to put our whiskey in these, in these wine barrels, because we'll say that the, the wine adds a negative flavor into the whiskey, and, and it's not a problem. So now the big question will be that we know that we know that the manufacturers are pay, paying a premium. They're paying extra money to put these in, and they're saying that it's a, it's a positive flavor coming from the sherry. So how can you say that the wine is pogame in the whiskey if right they're specifically adding it in in order to impart a good flavor? And they're all saying, oh, it enhances the flavor, and look for these kind of notes that are coming from that are coming from the sherry-aged whiskey. So do we say, right, do we go with Chazal, right, we, the Shulchan Arach that says wine is pogim and Sha'ar Mashkim and any other liquid except for wine itself? Or do we say, no, now the Metzias has changed. Maybe back then they didn't appreciate it or back then they didn't want the flavor. Nowadays we say clearly that they do want the flavor. So what do you do when we see clearly in Allah one way and then we see that practically, right, what the, what the big tasters are telling us and what the manufacturers are telling us, we find a different way that, no, the sherry is, a, is imparting a, a, a positive flavor into the whiskey and it is enhancing the flavor. So what do we do in such a, situ, in such a scenario? So let's take a look at source number six. In source number five, when, when the Shulchan Aruch says you're allowed to put it in, is he saying you're allowed to put it in just for momentarily, meaning to, so I can have a drink in their cup? Or is he saying you're allowed to put it in for storage, storage. schedule? Because it's two different things. Yeah, storage, he's saying. The Gemara yeah. doesn't make a definition. The Shulchan Aruch doesn't say anything about that storage. Hey, that's the context of what he's, he's, he's talking, they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying. And normally there's a gazera that you can't, yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, he's talking about storage. Yeah, because the Gemara goes through the whole thing, and we brought down the Gemara before, but it says if it's for storage or is it for a single use, especially yeah. on, these, on these barrels. Yeah, it would make a barrels. big difference. Right? He's talking about storage, specifically, in the context of the Shulchan Aruch yeah. in, in Kuf Lamedzai. Okay, so let's take a look at the Taz over here. In source number six, it says, Nearly Pasha Rafilu Ima Mashkin Ishtoen Sham Me'es Le'es. Es Le'es is 24 hours, which, in which you have Kavush, right? You have it soaking. So mutter, nevertheless, it's mutter. Because the tour writes that the reason is why it's mutter to put your things in, in kalem that have been used for stanienam is because the wine is pogem, those liquids. 
And then he says, over here, since it's getting since it's getting soaked in and the water's cold, so then it's going to be mutter. Okay, so we find over here that in the Taz, that the whole reason is because the yayin is pogim, the liquid. So over here, the question is going to be, do we say that the, that the wine is pogim, the whiskey, or not? We have this machlokes. And it's, it's going to be very difficult to say that wine is pogim when they're specifically adding it in to, to give a positive flavor, and they're showing it off on the, on the bottle, right? Like sherry-aged whiskey. You'll see it in the, in the McAllen label on the front, right? They're putting it specifically on there as if it's like a chash of a thing. So how then can we say that it's pogim in the whiskey? So we have the, the Magan Avraham. And the Magan Avraham says in source number seven, uh, that whisk, that sorry, that beer in, and and wine is no sentam lefgam. Uh, and he says umashma um, be sham saraf ben yaman he says, Yayin Saraf, which is whiskey, right? Even though it's not a Ben Yama, Asr, because we see that it gives Nosin Tam Lishvach. So we have in this Magan Avram that, okay, if you see that something is Nosin Tam Lishvach, that it actually improves the flavor instead of, instead of detracting from it. So then we can't say, we can't rely on the Shulchanach that says that it's Nosin Tam Lishvach across the board. And therefore, the Magan Avram would hold that, that, that Yayin adds a positive flavor, and it's all Hakolafi Ruose Enenu. It goes according to what we see, right? And if the, if the distilleries and the whiskey tasting professionals say that it adds a positive flavor, the sherry, so then we can't say that it's Tom Pagam, and we wouldn't be able to rely on the Shulchan Arach that sherry and whiskey is considered Tom Pagam. But let's take a look at Rav Usher Weiss and Rav Shlomo Miller, who are the leading poskim, who hold that at defending that, no, we follow the Shulchan Aruch at face value. And however we need to explain away, the, the distilleries and the whiskey professionals will explain away. So to, let's take a look at source number eight. We have the Minchas Usher, volume number one, Simen Mem Dalet. He says, Uve emes she'ilasenu. Our shaila of sherry-aged whiskeys. That's the shaila that he's discussing. He says it's a long sugya in Avodazara Daflamad Gimel, which we just looked at. These wine skins of the of the non-Jews. Yisrael knows in the tochem tziru morayas veinachoshesh. A Jew can put in them brine and and fish stew, and he doesn't have to worry about it. Then the Gemara asks if you can even put. Beer in these wineskins, Rav Nachmer, Rav Yehuda Asru, Rav Rabino Hitiru, and it was a machlokas in the Gemara. And says the Minchas Asher, Rav Asher Weiss, It seems that in our case, it's going to be mutter across the board. Whether we hold like Rav Nachman or Rava in the Gemara, doesn't matter. Because Yayin Sarf, which is whiskey, is something that's sharp. So therefore it should have the din of brine and fish stew, which we saw according to all opinions in the Gemara, is going to be pagum and it's going to be mutter. And of course, according to Tosos and the Rush, 
which we saw, that all mashkin are mutter, mutter gambanido dindan, so too wine, in the wine in our whiskey is also going to be mutter. But I am beno de Yehuda, and see the no de Yehuda tanina, shekasa beferish, he writes beferish, specifically, lahater beyayin saraf kaven shetam hayayin nivla bekli. He writes specifically that putting wine in whiskey is mutter because the wine is pogum, is pogum in the in the whiskey. Who kolosh kaven shenivla betzonan, and because also it's weak because it was only absorbed through cold through a cold process. And I know that these machmirim, that the people who are machmir on sherry casks, they're going to come back at me hard, and they're going to be saying that. Uh, that all of our all of our senses, all of our intuition tells us the benidon didan the ein hatam bottle ela adaraba mashpiach hu es ayayin saraf that in our case it's not bottle of course it's it's mashpiach it enhances the wine ach lanias daiti right but according to in my opinion maskana zumu freches this is not this is not true vechinistar. Are we going to contradict and all the, all the opinions in the Rishonim and the Shulchan Aruch himself? Uh, so are we going to contradict based on, oh, we think that this, we're going to go against Chazal, what they told us regarding the Sugya? to do such a thing. Rather, we're going to have to explain away the whiskey tasters and the distilleries that are paying extra money. We'll have to explain them away. And we can go one of two ways to explain what they're tasting and what's happening over here. Aleph is be'emes enatam yayin mashbiach klalas whiskey. Really, wine is not mashbiach whiskey at all. Ukvari vesi le'el. That even the whiskey professionals, the big tasters, and the people who know the flavors really well, the some uh, who taste really well, according to most whiskey tasting professionals, what you're tasting is not actually the flavor of the wine. That's not why they're adding sherry, uh, why they're using sherry, uh, sherry barrels. The reason why they're using sherry casks is because the sherry basically affects, it'll, it'll have a chemical fa- effect on, on the wood. First of all, the, wi- the wood that they're using in sherry is like 60 to 80 year old Spanish, Spanish trees as opposed to, so it's a different kind of wood that has different, higher amount of tannins. And then the way that the wine uh, affects the wood is really what you're tasting. That's why it gives a, di- a different kind of flavor. So what you're tasting is not purely wine, right? Lavdafka, you're tasting the wine itself in the in the aged in the aged whisk in the sherry aged whiskey. What you're actually tasting is a reaction of the wine with the wood, and that's what's affecting your your whiskey. So that's one way of ex- the wood that's affecting it, not the wine. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's the wine that's affecting. Yeah, it's a mixture of the of the wood itself, these sixty year old trees which have more tannin, and the wine that's. The, the way the wine reacted with the wood, but it's ultimately the wood that's, that's affecting your flavor. And what they're tasting is just something different that's coming from the flavor. Love Dafka, they're tasting wine. You're taking sure. Yeah, the wine itself. Um, that the amount of absorption is just a small amount. You're not really tasting it at all. And the Minchas, Minchas Yitzchak also brings down whiskey tasting professionals that he asked. 
and they seem to say the same thing, but it's a machlokas between the whiskey tasting professional. If you're, some scotch manufacturers will say that your taste, that they want the flavor of the wine. Others will say, no, 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 we just want the flavor of the wood. It happens to be that the wine's affecting it. And the raya is that they're not putting in the wine itself, right? They're only putting some, in, what? Some had the cherry directly. Uh, not scotch. So scotch, you're not allowed to, the regulations don't allow you to put sherry in. So the only way you'd be able to get sherry in is if you kind of soak it into the barrel and then put it out. But bl blended whiskeys will allow, so blendy, blended American or Canadian whiskeys, they'll allow even whiskey itself. They can add anything besides the, the main basic ingredients and very, very tight regulations on, to, to call it scotch. So bay is the second point. It brings Even if we say yes, it does enhance the flavor, right? And we go like the whiskey professionals that say that you can taste the taste the wine in there. Uh, reactia. It's a reaction that's happening alone of these of these kind of oak trees, tree and the and the sap that's inside of it. These tannins. But this is not considered tam. Right? When we're talking about tom that's coming from the wine, it has to be the actual flavor of the wine, not the reaction that the wine is having on the barrel that's going to come out in, in your whiskey. Um, and by default, this would only be considered some kind of, some kind of reaction. And based on this, he says that it's mutter. We can rely on this heter of no saint tam of gam. Say that it's pogom. We don't even need bitl over here. The flavor of wine in your whiskey it imparts a negative flavor. We go with what Chazal tell us, that, that well, wine in Sharmashkim is mutter. And that's what seems clear in my eyes. So we find that this is the opinion of Rav Asher Weiss, Rav Shlomo Miller, also held this way, that we don't budge on what Chazal, what Chazal told us. If Chazal tells us that it's pagum, so then we follow Chazal, especially over here, where it's the whole Indian of Stam Yenam is a Dirabanan, Meaning it's not a derabanan that's coming to protect a deraisa. It's something that the Rabbanan were gozer in and of itself, Mishum to prevent intermarriage. So therefore, if Chazal themselves were the ones who instituted this whole gezerah, if they themselves told us that the wine is pogom in, in Shar Mashkin, so then we should follow them at face value and there's no extra reason to be machmer. And we, f we always follow Chazal at base value. If they tell us that wine and other mashkin is bato, is, is pogom, then we have to follow them. And we have ways of explaining the, the industry and why they're adding wine. So we'll, we'll see, we'll get a little more into, into the other opinions. Many, many others, many other postkim argue on, on, on Rav Asher Weiss and Rav Shlomo Miller say no. If they're telling us we have to follow like the Magan of Ram. Right, then we go by what's, what, what the chush is made, what, what, uh, what our intuition is telling us, right? And if the whiskey tasting professionals are saying that it does change the flavor, so then we assume that it enhances, the wine will enhance, and therefore we can't follow the shulchan anymore. Maybe back then, while well, wine was pogim sharmashkin, and they didn't want it. Nowadays, we know specifically that they do want it, and it does enhance the drink, so therefore we would not be able to use that heter. So right off the bat, we have the heter of... Minchas uh, Asher, Rav Asher Weiss, and Rav Shlomo Miller holds that it's pogum. But other, the other poskim argue, they say, no, we can't use this as a heter, this tam pogum. Therefore, we're going to have to explore next week if we're going to have the right amount for it in order for bittel to occur in these sherry casks. 
and that'll be the topic for next week. Do we have bitl of the of the sherry? According to the other poskim who are machmer, that it's not pagum. Shkra. Uh,